Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Evan, and here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ in everything that we do here, including this podcast, and the vacations that we take is to fulfill that mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Life Group Leaders, please be praying for Pastor Hayden and Kayla and their little boy, Titus, as they are on a well-deserved vacation. And even with their vacation, as they go back to visit some friends back in California, they're doing it so that they can come back and reach more people and to teach more people and to train more people to make more disciples. So be sure to uh, be praying for them, that they would be rested and just be able to recuperate and so that they can come back focused and with energy to to serve the church and to pour themselves out so that that we can follow the Lord better. Well, Life Group Leaders, we are continuing our series in the Gospel of Matthew. And as we continue on in the Sermon on the Mount, I'm talking about countercultural kingdom, talking about judging others from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. And I'd love to read that to you guys right now. It says, Do, Judge not that you uh, be, excuse me, <laughs> let me start over. Judge not that you be not judged. For the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearl, uh, pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Now, while there's a lot there, uh, the main point of the sermon was to stop playing God in our condemnation of other people's sins, but instead humbly submit to his standards and instructions so we can address other people's sins correctly. And this is played out in three different ways. One, we need to judge cautiously, remembering that God is the one who is the judge. He is in the the rightful place uh, on the the judgment throne. And we need to cautiously apply his standards of reality to the situations we face. We need to make sure we judge humbly, remembering that without Christ, we are just like the person that we are condemning. We are just like the person who we are judging. And so we need to remember, well, without Christ, I was not saved, and without Christ, this person will not be saved. So I really need to make sure I'm pointing them to Christ in the situation. And then which leads to judge wisely, knowing when, what to judge with, meaning how do I help this unbeliever or how do I help this believer? And who do I disengage with so that I can focus on helping someone else? And so that is kind of the, those are the three points and the the main point of the sermon. But I want to make sure as life group leaders that you are confident and and ready to be able to take on the question like, well, I thought Christians are never to judge. It seems pretty straightforward here. And there's some text in the first question that I did break down in the um, sermon 
that I'd highly recommend going to question number one because these passage put to rest the inaccurate statement Christians are never to judge others. No, we are to, supposed to judge rightly. Now, people may say, you know, you need to judge mercifully. That is true. And you need to judge rightly. Well, that is true. But we are still to called to discern and judge with right judgment, as Jesus says in John 7, 24. And to discern what is true, if there's false prophets or false teachers, like in Matthew 7 and 1 John 4. And also to judge the Christian and their sin and to not associate with them if it comes to that point, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5. And so we just want to make sure that we are ready to make sure that we're helping our life groups be able to navigate a very controversial controversial text and a text that's used against Christians quite often with, by other Christians or, or non-believers. And so with this week, life group leaders, we would really love for you guys to be able to help your life groups to discern how to judge well, to discern how to discern well, to be able to turn to God's word quickly and to really examine their hearts and their motives and their decisions and even their conclusions to go, does it match what God has to say? Because the problem that we face and something they did not get to is the cultural connection. One of the cultural connections is you know, we are frustrated by the politics of our age right now. We're frustrated by the politics of the left, even partially on the right and we have to ask the question, why, why am I frustrated? Why am I frustrated with my Republican, you know, governors or, or uh, senators? Why am I frustrated with the, the left-leaning Democratic governors, senators, and president? You know, why can't people see clearly that the, their decisions during COVID, during school shutdowns, with the sexual revolution are completely insane? Well, the problem is, is that you're trying to reform an unbeliever. And we need to make sure that we are standing firm on on Christ and his standard, then we are able to understand and be able to speak into a culture to go, yes, this is why you think this is wrong, because that you're created in God's image. And so you know that murder is wrong, but you don't know where to put, put your thumb on it. Well, the thumb belongs into God's word, but it says, do not murder because life belongs to me. Now, I save all that because with the judgments that we face is more than just the political talk. It's within the marriages of your life group, the parenting of your life group, with the familial relationships with their parents or their siblings or their cousins. And they're dealing with it in a very ungodly way and in a judgmental way that is um, harsh, uh, self-righteous, self-focused and merciless. And we need to help them see, no, no, you need to discern rightly. How is your family member doing you wrong? Well, based on what? God's word. Let's turn to God's word. How did the Bible describe what happened? You know, you're upset. Do you know why you're upset? It's a good thing to slow down and ask, why am I so upset? Is it because God's reputation is on the line of how we as image bearers reflect who he is, and especially as Christians, how we live for him? Or am I just upset because something I wanted to happen didn't happen? And then finally, is okay, what, how does God want me to proceed? You know, too many of us, including life group leaders and also people in our life group, they make rash decisions and quick decisions before they proceed to ask God, well, God, what do you want me to do? And so we just want to make sure that we are helping our, our life groups to slow down and think, why am I upset? And where in the Bible does it say I should be upset if I should be upset at all? And then how should I move forward accordingly? One one area that I do want to help you guys with is particularly verse six, and I believe it's going to be question number, uh, I believe it's five, and it talks about the the pigs and the and the dogs. 
Now, this seems so counterintuitive in terms of us being Christians, wanting to reach people, teach people, and train people. But Jesus is essentially saying we need to move on from certain people. And it's because we have to remember God is using us to reach people. God is using us to teach people. God is using us to train people. He doesn't need us, but he decides to use us. And so really, their sanctification is not really based on how we well we teach, even though we should teach well. Why? Because it brings glory to God. But we should give it to God in the discipleship process of our life group. When someone is unrepentant, we need to give them to God. And uh, those passages, it, it feels wrong. It feels icky. But again, what does God's word have to say? What is, how does God want me to proceed? He wants me to help those people who just revile him and those people who do not want anything of him, the dog and the pig, to just say, hey, you need to move on. They know the truth. They heard the truth. And it's, you don't waste more of my, your time, really my time in your life, and don't waste my good godliness on them right now because they deserve punishment and I will deal with them accordingly. And so that's going to be a tough question, Life Group Leaders. So I'll be ready uh, with that. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, email me, and I'd love to be able to help. And so with that, I want to help you guys with a little bit of you can say training up with your life groups. One, as a reminder, Pastor Hayden announced that there is a life group transfer request form now. And so be sure if anyone is in, uh, shares interest of checking out another group, they need to go through a request form first. Uh, two, make sure you have your apprentice leader uh, nominee ready so that you and Pastor Hayden can walk through that and to see if they are the right fit to be your apprentice leader. But that leads right into the, the training with the questions, uh, something I've started to do with my own life group is to I pick a couple different men that I want to train up and raise up to be maybe future leaders. And so I delegate some of the questions to them. And what I mean is on Monday or later tonight on Sunday as I'm recording this, I will text them saying, hey, can you focus? I want you to finish the questions, but can you focus on question number two? Or can you finish uh, or focus on question number three or six? And so I delegate between two to three different men, knowing that one, they are going, they're being trained up to be learn how to do it themselves, make sure that it's doing it just to doing it. But also it helps them know how to think like a leader. It's like, hey, I want you to share this. I might call on you or I want you to speak up first. And so I know that one, if the conversation is kind of dying out or just dry, I know that there's going to be some good answers from someone that's going to help encourage the group to one, be an example, to follow their example, and two, to be encouraged by what they find through God's word as they go through the questions. And so I would recommend if you haven't already with your apprentice leader, you know, talk to your apprentice leader and uh, that couple or even maybe another you know, gentleman in your life group say, hey, do you want to only do all the questions, but do you want to tackle question number four or five if, we, if we're able to get to it? So that you always have, knowing that it's not just you answering all the questions, you know there's other people there that can dive in and you teach them and train them how to use study Bibles, how to use commentaries, how to use Logos if they have it, and so that they can learn how to dissect God's Word better and how to be better applicators as they learn to be better commentators. And so that's one way to, you know, delegating some questions so that, you know, men or couples can be trained up to enhance the discussions that we can leave more encouraged also, one thing that you know, Pastor Hayden and I would love for you to do if you're not doing this already is to really schedule touch points with your group. There can be a simple text or email or call or coffee or dinners so that you are constantly touching in their lives, saying, hey, how, how are things going? You, you know what they're going through and knowing what they're going through will better help you do the application questions as you 
leave the application questions with them. You'll know, okay, and this, my group struggles with this. Maybe the Pastor Evans group does something different and struggles with this, but my group particularly struggles with question number three or, or two or have questions on question number five. And so you get to, if you, the more that you know about your group, the better that you'll be able to not only answer the questions itself as you're applying it to themselves, but also knowing that you're leading the group. So be sure to t- schedule touch points so that you can love your group and also get to know your group so you know best how to lead your group. All right. Well, leaders, uh, we have a few announcements that we want you to know about. First, there's October uh, October 15th is our baptism service. And actually, that is beginning to, uh, well, it has been filling up, but actually a few more people have signed up to be baptized. And so if you know people that are in your group that need to be baptized, uh, doesn't there, there's only about four spots left in, in this baptism. And so um, be sure to encourage them. And really, if they're being idle about it, exhort them, admonish them, saying, hey, you know the obedience of Christ. You need to be baptized. And so have them schedule a meeting with us. And if they need some encouragement, hey, you may not be baptized this round, but at least talk to your pastor so they can encourage you to be obedient if you have, or if you are saved and you haven't been baptized, you need to be obedient. And so just encourage your group, be nice about it, be gentle, but be firm, and encourage them to to get baptized out of obedience to Christ. All right, next, men, we have on October the 14th, that's a sat- couple Saturdays from now, a few Saturdays from now, actually, um, I don't know, a couple Saturdays, excuse me, we have October the 14th, we have our men's breakfast at 9 a.m., which I'm looking forward to teaching at, so be sure to encourage your men to be there. Also, life group leaders on the on that next Sunday, October the fifteenth, after the eleven a.m. service, we have a life group leader meeting scheduled, and so be sure to be there. Unless you're out of town or sick, we'd love for you to be there so that we uh, we meaning Pastor Hayden can really uh, train, continue to train you up to uh, help lead your groups well. A couple of quick reminders: one, their kids' Christmas choir registrations are open, and so if you have people in your group. Uh, that are in the K to fifth grade range, have them register now. Uh, registrations are um, open for now, but there will be a, a closing date soon because rehearsals start on Sunday the, the 1st. And so be sure that those kiddos get signed up. And there, there are a lot of kids signed up already. So just know that uh, it will fill up. So get, encourage your groups to do it sooner than later. And then finally, Life Group Leaders, the final Exploring Compass of 2023 is coming up on November the 12th and 19th. If there's, a few, if there's a handful of people in your group that have not gone through Exploring Compass, highly encourage them to sign up. Registrations are open. We have, as a reminder, childcare, lunch provided. And so encourage those people to sign up before it's too late. Well, thank you, Life Group Leaders. Again, be praying for Pastor Hayden and Kayla and Titus as they're on vacation. And I'll be praying for you that you would have a very profitable life group this week. We'll see you again on Sunday.